0: Socialism in America, World War III, China's spy balloon over Montana, Satanic Temple's abortion clinic, cashless in Canada, universal school choice in Texas, Arab-Israeli peace, potentially leading to Israel-Palestinian peace, all prophetic and in the headlines today. We'll discuss this while taking your calls on this open line edition of The End Time Show. Well, good afternoon everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries, Thank you for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show, and wow, I'm happy to be back on the air today live. We have been under three days of ice here in the Dallas, Fort Worth Metroplex, and if you know, if any of you all live in the South, when ice hits in the South, it shuts everything down. When we lived up in Indiana, they would put out salt and melt it all. Down here in Texas, they put out sand on the overpasses. And when you're, if you're on a neighborhood or just on one of the regular streets in the city, you're kind of left to fend for yourself. So when it ices down here, everybody sits at home by the fire, right? So I'm happy to finally be back in here. We're getting a break. I think it's about 45 or 50 degrees outside, and everything's melting, and we're back in here ready to go at it. So I want to say God bless you all. Thank you for joining us. We did some replays. I hate doing replays. I don't. None of us like doing them. But uh, thank God that we have those available for times when we can't get here to the office. So thank you for your patience and glad to be back on the radio with you today. Now, I want to cover something really quick because I've got a lot of articles to go over today and a lot of different things are going to happen, but I know a lot of people are fearful. What do we do in the end times, Dave? I mean, end time ministries is... All the time talking about World War III, world government. Uh, look at, I mean, me and my wife finally got out and went to the grocery store. What's the first time I had been to the grocery store? In a very, I honestly don't remember the last time I went into a grocery store. It's been a long time. My wife does all the, the grocery shopping and everything. I went to a store yesterday. Eggs were six dollars and forty-seven cents a dozen. I. I didn't know what to say. I, I, I'm totally out of touch with all that, and I it was I was just shocked. I thought we were living in communist China or something. But a lot of people are scared. What do we do? The economy is going to, you know, there are people saying the economy is going to crash and we're going into World War III and all these different things, all these scenarios. But I keep a level head. You say, well, how do you do that? Well, the Bible talks about the armor of God. And I want you to understand, a lot of people don't understand the armor of God. What is that? How do we walk through these times? You know, we we don't teach prophecy as fear. I know people that will try to scare you to death when they teach prophecy. But the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. So how do we walk through these times? Um, seemingly apocalyptic times that we're in now and just ahead. How do we walk through that with a sound mind? Well, you're going to put on the armor of God. I want to read you a few scriptures today to begin the program, and then we'll. And again, I'm taking your calls today's open line, the number 1 363 8463. If you got a comment on anything I did in my opening um, tease there, or anything else prophetically speaking in the news. Uh, if you got any comments, you got any questions or anything, we'll go over it today. You can reach me. I've got totally open lines right now, believe it or not. So, let me go through this armor of God with you. Ephesians 6:10. We'll start there. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Here it is that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. A lot of this stuff going on in our world today is driven by Satan. I know some people would say, well, that's a conspiracy theory, Dave. No, it's not. The Bible actually teaches that the end time world government will be driven by the dragon. The dragon will give it its seat, power, and great authority. This is something you have to understand as we're going through the end time. So if you are going to stand against the wiles of the devil, the Bible says to put on the whole armor of God. Again, I'm in Ephesians 6 here. So put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6.12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. My fight is not Joe Biden, is not Vladimir Putin, is not Emmanuel Macron, is not uh, Klaus Schwab or George Soros. I know that we talk about them all the time and we have to, but my fight is not really with them. Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Our fight as a Christian is on our knees. You say, well, I've tried that in the past and that didn't work. You've got to keep trying. You can't ever give up. When you give up, it will not work, I'll tell you. You cannot give up. You've got to trust God. Sometimes God has to move things out of the way before He can work. And if you give up before that time gets there, then you're stuck in the mud. You've got to think, this is Christianity 101, folks. I know there's many different things to it but you've got to understand we fight, we're fighting a spiritual battle. We're not fighting physical wars. They did that in the Old Testament. Now we're fighting spiritual battles. We moved into the spiritual realm. We don't don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. There is darkness in this world. There is an enemy that is against the church let's face it we're fighting spiritual battles here against spiritual wickedness in high places the Bible says wherefore in other words here's what you're going to do to combat that we're not fighting against physical battles we're fighting spiritual so what do you need what garments do you need to put on to fight those spiritual battles well the Bible says wherefore Take unto you the whole armor of God. doesn't say, go get a tank and storm Washington. doesn't say that. says, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. You want to, in, in, in a, as a place of safety, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. God is the only place of safety in the future. Yes, we can feel a level, a level of safety being here in the United States. At least we, could, we thought we could until our current administ- administration allows a, the Chinese to float b- a balloon across Montana and not do anything about it, right? You thought, well, I thought we were safe until that happened. Well, I know, there's crazy times, and the Bible says there's going to be, but how can I have a sound mind throughout all of this? Well, unless we get some calls, we're gonna go through this, because you need to understand the, the whole armor of God to withstand the fiery darts of the wicked and withstand in the evil day. They that understand what is taking place
1: will instruct many Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call one 800 end or visit endtime.com slash events for more information.
0: Welcome back, everybody, and um, I, I honestly, I hadn't planned on going through the armor of God until I sat down at the desk, to be honest. And man, I just thought we should go through the, the whole armor of God today, and because it's very, very important. A lot of people wanna know what we do. I mean, we talk about world government, world religion, the mark of the beast, uh, the uh, World War three, the Great Tribulation, all of these different things, and world government driven by Satan himself, and the world religion driven by Satan himself, and the mark of the beast driven by Satan himself, pushing us into the Great Tribulation, and all of these different apocalyptic events. And how are we going to make that? How are we going to, as Christians, steal our mind to what's coming and say, okay, I'm going to walk through this with a sound mind, loving God, evangelizing, doing God's will in my life all the way through these times that are just ahead of us. Yeah, some of the events coming are pretty ominous. I'm just let's just be let's face it here. there are I'm not teaching prophecy as fear, not doing that. but I'm just saying you know if you're not ready to meet the Lord, we need to have that discussion very soon because we're heading off into some things here. You can see kind of socialism closing in and communism and the you know a weakening of the United States here. And uh, the socialistic takeover of the world which is most of the world's already socialistic. Everybody's getting national ID cards. I mean we're headed, we're right into this. We're coming down to the end of the funnel here. And I say that because if you're a Christian make sure that you are evangelizing. The Bible says, Jesus said in Matthew 24, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world and then the end will come. So our goal as Christians is evangelism. But if you don't have on the whole armor of God, then you're gonna, you'll are you start to get into fear mode and say, uh, the, 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 the wicked wiles of the enemy are coming in on me. What do I do? And the Bible says, I'm telling you what to do. We're not fighting against, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Or warn against all these wicked powers that are in dark places. Spiritual battles, on your knees, worshiping God, studying the word of God, teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. So the whole armor of God, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. We're going to get off into these, the whole armor of God here. Again, I'm taking your calls. If you want me to teach this lesson on the armor of God, I'm all in. Uh, First, tomorrow night, my wife and I will be up in Justin, Texas doing a prophecy conference tomorrow night and Sunday morning. And the weather's good, so everybody can make it out. We've always had a cram-packed church up there. It's great. So um, I will be 6 o'clock tomorrow, February 4th, 6 p.m., I'll be teaching the new Understand the End Time lesson, the the great overview with new proofs and stuff. You won't want to miss that. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I'll be going through breaking prophecy news, a lot of just news clip after news clip. It's always a great time. Look forward to seeing every every one of you up there this weekend, Justin, Texas. That's at the Rock Church of Justin, 411 Ludi Avenue, uh, up in Justin. If you need more information, go to endtime.com, events, conferences. And look forward to seeing you up there. Also, our May Israel tour is filling up. We've got well over 60 people signed up now. We're only going to take 100. And so it, we're going to go May 17th through May 28th. And a lot of people are putting in for vacations. and so the, the, um, we don't, you know the, the seats that are left, those are going to go quick. And what, I, what is there, um, just you know, not very many seats left, 35 left or something like that? And so I want you to get in on that. So the Israel tour, me and my wife, we're, we'll go see all the main sites in Israel, have a great baptism, we'll be teaching and doing some preaching, and uh, it's just a great time, it's a great tour, and we want you to go with us. So if you'd like to go, call in 1-800-363-8463 and talk to my wife, Jana, or to uh, Brittany Moats, and they can walk you through the tour, give you all the pricing and everything that goes along with it. I had a, 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 a um, I saw a guy on YouTube here just the other night, and he was saying that he was afraid to go to Israel because he didn't know if the world government would have let him back in the United States. I, uh, I hadn't really experienced that. We just went in October and had no, zero problems. It was completely safe. Everything was awesome. We had a great tour, and we're going to go again. So don't let fear stop you from going on an Israeli tour with us. Now is the time to go if you want to go. And so we're going to be going back May 17th to the 28th, but you've got to register now. They've got to know how many tickets to buy. They've got to ticket very early. We're not going to ticket in May. We'll ticket uh, probably sometime in March. You've got to have the tickets bought. You've got to set up your hotel rooms. You've got to get all that done early. So you don't have till March to sign up. You've got to sign up a lot earlier, and that's why we push for it now to go in May. So if you want to go, get a hold of my wife, Jana, or call in and talk to Brittany Moats. Now, uh, okay, see you guys in Justin tomorrow night and Sunday morning. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And I, I only say this because... I know that there are a lot of people that teach prophecy as fear. We do not do that. We're teaching hope, faith, evangelism throughout the end time. Daniel said, hey, they, during the time of the Antichrist, when it gets really kind of a you know, apocalyptic and ominous there, Daniel said, hey, they that do know their God will be strong into exploits. They that understand among the people will instruct many. The true church of Jesus Christ will not be weak and anemic in the end time. The true church of Jesus Christ will be evangelizing, evangelizing all the way through the end. How do you think that the great revivals that are uh, prophesied to happen in the end? How are they going to happen? It's not just going to be left up to the two witnesses. A lot of people have said, well the two witnesses and the angel flying through the air proclaiming the gospel that they're going the everlasting gospel, they're going to be reaping the harvest. No. No, no. The church is going to be here. That's why it is is very critical that you understand that the church will be here through the great tribulation. The church is not going to be gone. I know we got to get over that hump, everybody. And I'm just saying this is Bible. The church will be here uh, all the way through the great tribulation and the church will be teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world then the end will come and that's how we're gonna win souls the, the those in Judea the uh, ones in the West Bank the Bible says that they the, I will save the tents of Judah first that's in the book of Zechariah so they're gonna be saved prior to his second coming they're going to be John said in uh, Revelation 7 I saw a multitude no make a number out of every kindred people tongue and nation the elder said who are these and John said I don't know thou knowest and J- the elder said these are they that came out of Great Tribulation. Not just Jews, but of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. All around the world, people will be being saved and obeying the gospel, being born again, and the God will do that through His church. Isn't this exciting? I'm excited about the end times. I'm not losing any sleep over this stuff. So, Stand therefore, having your, the, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness. So, you have your loins girt about with the truth. You have to have your, the truth settled. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Not um, truths plural. There, there, are, there aren't two truths When it comes to the Bible, there's one truth. The Bible says, you shall know the truth. It's not, well, your truth's good for you, and my truth's good for me, and uh, John's truth is good for him, and Jeff's truth, no, no, that's not how it works. The Bible teaches the truth. You shall know the truth. So there's not um, 25 ways to get to heaven. I know these interfaith movements and things are teaching that, well, there's many ways to God and uh, let's just all love and get along and God will sort all the, you know, all those different doctrinal beliefs and things that have divided us for years. God will sort all that out when we get upstairs. That's not how it's going to work. No, no. Got to get all that figured out down here. So there is a truth. That's why we highly recommend that you get involved in a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, a truth-teaching church. Doug Norvell, myself, a lot, many people here at End Time have been sending good people to good Bible-believing, truth-teaching churches for really decades now. People will call in here and say, I want a church that believes like you guys. And we will send them to those churches. I've got an access to a database all across the United States, Canada, and I've, I can get in touch with missionaries around the world. I've sent people to missionaries for years now, all over the world, because people have been, got caught up in all kinds of uh, different religions that you cannot be a part of. You say, well, Dave, you're going against the interfaith movement. Absolutely I am. The interfaith movement is not scriptural. Listen to me, folks. Interfaithism is diametrically opposed to the Word of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He didn't say us. He said me. And so we've got, we've got to talk about these things. So the Bible says, have your lorns good about with truth? Putting on the breastplate of righteousness... And these are all spiritual garments, spiritual attributes that you would put on. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, and uh, wherewith all ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, the shield of faith. Satan throws something at you. Uh uh, I've got faith. God's going to keep me through all this. And taking on the helmet of salvation, you've got to get your salvation. Right, and you've got to understand the plan of salvation to help you in your Christian walk. If you don't truly understand what happened at Calvary, then it can it can uh, Satan can tr- try to trip you up. But if you understand what happened at Calvary, Irvin Baxter taught a lesson years ago called "You Are Perfect." You say, "Well, none of us are perfect." Well, I understand that but you can be perfect pertaining to the conscience once you've been born again God's blood is continually cleansing you of your impurities just like your physical blood God's blood that he shed on Calvary is continually cleansing you of your impurities and the Bible says blessed is the man to whom God will not impute sin you ever heard of that that's in the Bible so the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus how do you get in Christ Jesus? Be born again. And so, once you get the plan of salvation right and you understand it, then it can help you when Satan hurls darts at you. Or he tries to come in from this way or that way. You know, um, he, he the Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren before God. So, he goes to God and he says, Hey, Dave Robbins does not deserve to go to heaven. He has lied before. He has done some things that would keep him out of heaven. So he doesn't deserve to go to heaven. And you need to kill him. And God says, no, I'm looking at him. He's been born again. He has applied the blood that I shed, the blood blood of a spotless lamb. He's applied that to to his life. He's been born again. And he... Because of what I did on Calvary, will come to be with me someday, Satan. And Satan says, "But, but, but, you don't, you don't, you don't remember what he did back in uh, 2002." And God says, "No, I don't remember that. He asked me to forgive him. I forgave him for that stuff, and I don't remember that anymore, Satan." But, 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 hold on a minute. Remember what he did back in 1995 that, that uh, really bad thing and God says, no, I don't remember that either because I've been washed in the blood of the lamb folks. I don't it doesn't it's irrelevant what you've done. God wants to save you. A lot of people have said, Dave, I, I can't go to church the, 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 the ceiling is going to fall in. No, no, I've never, I've seen a lot of people that have done a lot of things go to church, and I've never seen a ceiling fall in yet. So, the Bible says, the helmet of salvation. Get your salvation right. You understand there are many salvations being taught today. But the Bible says, take on the helmet of salvation. There's, get the plan of salvation right and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. So, all of the armor is defensive. You've got the, the uh, truth, um, you've got the uh, loins girt about with truth, you've got the blood, breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, Or you got the shield of faith, um, the helmet of salvation, and then the sword of the Spirit. Everything is defensive except for the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. You've got one defensive weapon, and that's the Bible. And so this is the whole armor of God. This is what we're gonna put on, get my salvation right, get truth right, put on the breastplate of righteousness. I've got the shield of faith, so that when the fiery fiery darts of the wicked come at me, got the shield of faith. Nope, nope, God will protect me against this. I've got faith, a trial comes in your life. Nope, I'm gonna shield that off
2: Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
1: If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to
0: endtime.com and click the Watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also
1: finish up later by clicking the Archive button.
0: Okay, everybody, well, so we're going to put on the whole armor of God, and that's how we're going to make it throughout these end times. The Bible says also, finally, and then I'm going to go to Pat, finally it says, Ephesians 6:18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching there unto all with all perseverance and supplication of the saints. So, we're going to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. The Bible talks about the garments. When you go to Revelation chapter 16... I think it's verse 15. It says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. The garments it's talking about is the whole armor of God. You keep these garments all the way to the end. And that's how you're going to fend off. You say, well, everything's going to be perfect for me. I did not say and everything will be perfect. But God will provide a way for you to get through that When you've got the armor of God, you've got the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, an offensive weapon. When Satan tempted Jesus, cast yourself down. uh, And these, you know, make this stone into bread. Cast yourself down, the angels will bear you up. And the Lord would say, Nope, it's written. Satan, it's written. It's written. It's your your, uh, offensive weapon. No, the Word of God says this, the Word of God says that. And that's why you need to ingest this word of God beyond any book. I, it's okay to read self-help books and you know how to you know uh, uh, ways to understand the Bible. That's that's great. However, you've got to get this book embranded on your mind because you're going to need that throughout the end time. God can speak to you through His Word. When you get into uh, a situation where I don't know what to do here, God, you've got to help me. The Bible says God is a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So I've got to pray. The Bible talks about prayer right here. Praying always. The Apostle Paul said, pray without ceasing. I'm constantly, Lord, you know, I love you. I praise you. I worship you for what you did for me on Calvary and all the blessings, everything you've done in my life, every trial but help me through the times ahead. Always in prayer. But I also have to study the Word of God and get that in me. You do that, it's like a train that runs on a, two tracks. Spirit and Word. Spirit and Truth. You're, you run on two tracks and you can lead a balanced Christian walk with the Lord. But if you take one of those tracks away, let somebody, somebody prays all the time but they don't know the Word of God, you take one thing away. What's, what happens to a train when you take one of the rails away? It derails immediately. You can't function. You'll get, um, you know, you'll get, uh, if, if you always just, if you pray, 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 pray and don't know the Word of God, then you kind of get into spiritualism and, uh, you know, uh, I'm better than everybody else. I'm praying and they're not. And that, you know, you just, you don't want to do that. But if you get into the Word of God all the time and you study the Word of God and you're doing Bible studies and all this but you never pray, then you'll get into legalism and hey you know we got these rules and regulations and we got to do this but you don't temper it with prayer and I mean it's a mess I've seen both sides believe me but when you're a Christian and you're running on the two tracks I've been in the Word of God and it tells me to do this and live like this but then I've got to temper that with the Spirit when I take on the fruits of the Spirit love and patience and kindness and all these the fruits of the Spirit Then I've got a balanced Christian walk. Okay? Wow. Uh, That's Christianity 101, folks. All right. Um, That's how we're going to make it through the end time. That's how we're going to have revival all throughout the end time. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. Um, Let's go to Pat in Michigan. God bless, Pat. Welcome to the End Time Show.
1: Hi, Dave. Yeah, that is absolutely bedrock um, 101, how to be... be, uh, victorious christian amen and that word is so important i think that's even uh that's where i see the biggest gap for people is uh, he said studies show thyself approved unto god amen a workman who need not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth hmm? we need it with the spirit but we we've got to get that word in amen there's no two ways about it but i wanted to ask you dave with everything going on i mean like this week even yeah. today yes what do you see are the five biggest indicators that we are in the end times?
0: Absolutely. Uh, just five? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Uh, so I'll, 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 I'll
1: stay on as long as you want to hear. Yeah, it. no. <clears throat> uh, I'm hoping to, that they're going to um, stream the program the, the, at the church tomorrow on Justin.
0: Yes. So I will give you the, uh, let's say I'll give you the top five. The, okay. the five yeah. that everybody should be watching for. Right now, and I'll tell you how they're, I'll give you indicators to each of them as we go along. Uh, number one, and one probably the one of the next things to be uh, to events to occur on God's prophetic timeline is a World War III. The Bible talks about Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, that there will be a war that kills one third of the world's population, it will emanate out of the Euphrates River region, and it will kill. It'll kill a third of the world's population and there will be a 200 million man army that participates in that war. Pat, they are talking about World War III like I have never seen in my lifetime Myself or in, as far as my research beyond World War II. They've never talked about a World War III like they are right now.
1: It's like out in the open, Dave.
0: Yeah. And there, there well, are many, there are many um, tipping points that we could talk about different uh, scenarios of course, the Bible says it's going to emanate out of the Middle East region, loose the four angels bound on the great river Euphrates. I know that I just read where Russia and Iran have merged their banking, um, oh, all of their banks, so that they, they could get around uh, economic sanctioning by the international community. Wow. Lot, yeah, a lot of different things are happening. Iran and China signed that 25-year military economic pact a few years ago yeah. and bound to work together should they go to war. And so... Many things are happening, uh, but there—you know—Iran is helping Russia build drones, and Russia is helping Iran with their nuclear aspirations. Everybody's working together here, and it's setting yeah. the stage for a, a World War III scenario. Mm-hmm. And you also understand what's going on in Russia and Ukraine with uh, yeah. Germany and the United States and Great Leopard? Britain supplying tanks to Ukraine yeah. and other war implements. Amazing. Yeah, so that, that's one. That's World War yeah. III. And that's one of the next yeah. ones to occur on God's prophetic timeline. That's why we need to be watching it right now. I don't want it to happen because this world's never going to be the same once that happens, but the Bible says it's going to happen, and it's the sixth trumpet of the seven trumpets. The first five trumpets have already occurred, so, I mean, it's the, that and the peace agreement are the next two. So that's World War III. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, the peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. <clears throat> Sudan, right now, uh, yesterday, yeah, signed on to the peace deal. They had signed on to the Abraham Accords originally, but they just signed a peace deal. They're going to, they're going to um, solidify that in the latter part of this year where they are going to completely normalize relations with Israel. Um, they did that in Khartoum, Sudan, and Netanyahu has said or that the, the um, one of the articles of that that I read said that he is trying to get an a an arab region or uh, an arab a big circle of re, uh, arab countries signed onto the Abraham Accords which will eventually lead to the Israeli Palestinian peace deal. He, this is what he's hoping to do. I just I've got an article I was going to go through. I won't have time today, but that was talking about this is one of his goals is to get a regional uh, Arab situation, mm-hmm. A- Arab peace initiative, this Abraham Accords, to build on yeah. that to eventually lead to an Israeli Palestinian deal. Now, the Bible Whoa. says, Pat, the Bible says that there will be an Israeli Palestinian peace deal in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mm-hmm. take time to prove that because we'll never get to the other three, but there right. will be an Israeli Palestinian peace deal. It will have characteristics with that. Netanyahu is trying to get a, the, to build on the Abraham Accords to eventually lead to that. It's all in the news right now. You go to your Israeli sources Jerusalem Post, Israel National News, uh, Jewish News Syndicate, Times of Israel, there are many others, and they're all talking about it, what Netanyahu's trying to do now that he's got this new government. He's pushing the issue right now because he's trying to expand Area C the settlements out in the West Bank. That's what it, and especially some of the guys on his right-wing government are pushing, pushing for that. Yeah. And what it's going to do, it's gonna make the Palestinians, they're gonna have to put up or shut up. They're gonna either have to sign a deal or they're gonna lose what they've got. Well, we know they're not gonna lose what they've got, so something's going to happen here in the near future. Now, those are the next two things on God's prophetic time clock. I cannot prove scripturally which one happens first, the war or the peace agreement it's our opinion that the war would happen first. Yeah. Then on the back end of that, the international community would look at Israel and Palestine and say, we're done with this conflict. You're going to sign a peace agreement whether you want to or not. Get the stuff worked out. Hey, we can't settle on the Jerusalem issue. Let's push that off. Let's sign an interim deal. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Get the peace agreement done. And the Bible says that's going to last for seven years. And at the end of that, yeah. That's when the world governing armies are going to come down against Israel to battle at the Battle of Armageddon. That's when the Second Coming occurs. Okay, that's two. Number three, world government. The the world government that we're currently under right now was established in 1945, the signing of the United Nations. That's when it all started. And after World War II, and the League of Nations has added entities to it. The, The World Trade Organization, World Health Organization. They're all yep. designed to govern the planet. and It's a world government. The, the United Nations is the seat of that world government. They do not have the teeth that they want. They want totalitarian, dictatorial powers. They do, they do not have that presently. Or else they could demand that Russia stop fighting Ukraine. They can't do that yep. right now. They're, they're toothless with the ability to stop a war. And that was, that's how it was sold to everybody in the beginning. We need a world government to stop, keep us from ever Amen. having a war again. Yeah. Oh, A global war. Well that hasn't worked. They don't have the dictatorial powers that they want. So guess what's coming? Another war. World War III is coming. Revelation 9 verse 13 through 21. So yeah. we could go into world war, uh, world government very deep, not going to take time to do that. So yeah. World War Three, peace agreement, world government, world religion. This year, the Abrahamic family house is supposed to be completed. It is in uh, Dubai. Uh, I, I, uh, see. It's in the United oh, yeah. Arab Emirates somewhere. I think it's in Dubai. I'm, not, I'm, I'm Don't yeah. quote me on that one. But it's down in that region. I know it's in the United Arab Emirates. And it is a big facility that has three giant buildings. And when I mean big, I mean gigantic buildings. One is a synagogue. One is a church and one is a mosque. And they're trying to bring all the major Abraham religions together because they believe if Mm -hmm. they can get them together, that's the majority of the religions on the planet, and that we will um, we will be able to form some type of a world religious system and do away with conflict and things like that because hey, now all the religions are getting together. The end goal of all of this is going to be a world religious system Yep. That's going to, be, to merge. That, they've all, that, that facility was built because of the, uh, a uh, brotherhood agreement that was signed between an imam, one of the main imams, and uh, Al-Ta'ib, I think his name was, and Pope Francis that uh, was merging this um, religious speak, saying, hey, you know, uh, the plurality of religions is willed by God. Well, that's diametrically opposed to the word of God. <laughs> But what they're trying to do is merge the religions together. They're going to get a world religious system. Um, Hey, Pat, can you hold over the break here?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, hold over the break, and we'll continue on. But, wow, folks, we got off into a lot of stuff today, but, man, we're teaching hope and faith and love and peace throughout the end time. You say, well, that's impossible. Not if you have the whole armor of God. the, The apostles didn't live under fear. Once they received the Holy Ghost, once they were born again, They took off and they were evangelists, and that's what we're going to do throughout the end time.
4: I've been part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day.
0: All right, everybody. Wow. Uh, Pat, I'm glad you called today because you've been my only caller, believe it or not.
4: Oh, really? I wonder why.
0: I don't don't know that. Maybe everybody thought we were iced in, but hey, this has been great because it's allowed me to take a little time and answer your question.
1: I Um, love the depth and and I'm learning stuff. I keep track too, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I did not know this about that banking system with Russia and Iran.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've merged their banking system, believe it or not. Get oh this if you imagine you being a global power, a, world, a Russia, the bear, and you've merged your banking system with the number oh one state goodness. sponsor of terrorism on the planet. imagine doing that. What's that say about wow. Russia's goals? <laughs> okay? Oh yeah so <clears throat> um, World War three peace agreement, world government, war religion, the war religion uh, there are All these interfaith movements, Pat, they're not a good thing. A lot of people say, well, hey, we're going to merge all these religions. We'll get rid of a lot of conflict in the world because the thought process is that the three main conflicts on the planet are uh, conflicts between nations, conflicts between religions, and conflicts between um, these uh, economic conflicts. And so... What Gorbachev said we need to have a world government, a world religion, and a global economic system. Well, the world religious system that they're being cre- that's being created, interfaithism, ecumenism, bringing all these religions together, it, when, when it all boils down to it, <clears throat> they are using their influence, and the, this is exactly what the Bible says they're going to do, Revelation 13. Yeah they're going to use their influence over when they get all these religions under one belief system. The, uh, the uh, Parliament of World's Religion calls it a global ethic, a global thought process, global belief system. They uh, say we need to get all the religions on board so we can s- promote and advocate for a sustainable world order. That's the goal. The Bible says in Revelation 13 that the f- false prophet who will rule over this world religion will use his um, influence to get the people of the world to worship, worship the world government and the Antichrist. That's what he says is going to happen. So we can yep. see this happening right now with, the, with Pope Francis coming out calling for all this environmental uh, stuff. and <clears throat> uh, It's just crazy what's going on. We can see it happening right before our very eyes. We need to get our, all the religions. That's why he wrote Laudato Si, that encyclical. Was, mm-hmm. It was a plea to not just bishops or archbishops but it was a plea to every person on the planet to stop destroying the planet through our carbon emissions and all these things but to manage all that we need a true world government. He was getting, he was using his influence to get everybody to uh, pledge allegiance to the world governing body. Well it's going to get a little bit more diabolical and apocalyptic and ominous than that before it's over with because they're going to coerce people to do that. Right now, they're suggesting, mm-hmm. but they're going to get to a point where they coerce people, and,
1: mm-hmm.
0: in doing, and, and the Bible says to do that is my fifth point, and that is precursors to the mark of the beast, where they're going to have an, a global economic sanctioning system where they will give everybody on earth their own unique identification number. The Bible says in their right hand or in their forehead. I don't know how that's going to be implemented at this point. Bible says they're going to do that and they will use that to economically sanction individuals. I can it's being tested as we speak. There are oh, yeah. there are war-torn, well, a lot, I should say precursors, but there are war-torn refugees in camps in Jordan that have had to flee when the Syrian civil war broke out. They, all these refugees fleed down into these big camps down, uh, and they, ha- they had to have a way to function. They had no money, they just hit the ground running. And I mean yeah. there were like, like tens of thousands of them. They went down there, yeah. they would set up these commissaries, these little grocery stores in the middle of the camp. And they said, okay, the United Nations was giving them vouchers of let's say with a, I don't know how much, I, let's say it was $500. You got $500 for the next couple of weeks to eat. We're going to provide you with housing and you go and we're giving everybody your own unique identification number. It was a retinal scan. And they would go down to this commissary, put their groceries on the thing, they would go down through there, the lady would ring them up and they would do a retinal scan and the, re- the data would be queried through a United Nations database and allow that person to purchase their groceries from the commissary to be able, these refugees, to be able to, to um, purchase groceries. It went, again, the United Nations was allowing them to purchase goods to survive. Okay? You following uh-huh. me? Well, it's going through a wor- the world governing system. Well, imagine, Pat, if that was global. If there was a global numbering system established uh-huh. where all of our purchases had to be queried through these big uh, databases to allow us to buy and sell. Now think about this. I know this sounds twilight zone, uh, you know, way out there, spaceship, whatever. But these things are being tested as we speak. It's very documentable. It didn't start yesterday either. Mm -hmm. It's been happening for years. And there are people that are testing these things. So you want to know why they want to push us away from cash? Because when you have cash, a tangible dollar bill, two, $5, whatever, you can. if I get that in my possession, I can go buy whatever I want and the government cannot track that. Check. Well, it's galling them because they want to be able to track everything you do. So guess what? Why do you think they come up with a central bank digital currency? Because yeah. they could track every single thing you do, every dime you spend. They could track that. And know what you what you spend it on, and then they're making they were, they're trying to make them programmable, so they could say, okay. Pat from Michigan wants to buy uh, a car that is a gas guzzling SUV, mm-hmm. and we we're trying to do away with carbon emissions, which is a complete joke, and so we're going to not we're going to put a cap on the amount of gas she can buy monthly, or yeah. we don't want her to buy a gas stove, so we're going to program these central bank digital currencies and they won't have the ability to purchase gas stoves. You see where, you see where all this is headed? Oh, yeah. So central bank digital currencies, they would be able to economically sanction globally people who did not comply, to get people to comply to their edicts. It's economic sanctioning and these things are being tested right now. Ninety percent of the central banks in the world are testing these things and looking to roll them out, including, now yep. I've, I've read articles that said our central bank would s- says that it's years away before ever being rolled out. But I know that over the last couple months, I think it was at the end of last year, 12 of the yeah. major banks in New York piloted the program to Do implement it here in the United States just to see, you know, how it, how it would work among the banks and some of their people. And so These things are are happening now. There are two major efforts to number every single person on the planet. Even even homeless people, even people who live in huts, dirt huts in Africa, they're trying to number everybody. Uh, The city of Austin, just down here south of Dallas, they partnered with the United Nations Efforts ID 2020 to number every homeless person in Austin. Why would you not want to number homeless people? I mean, it's all about control, tracking. Control. That's exactly what it's all about. You only number people to control them. Consider the people in the Holocaust, all the Jews that had numbers tattooed on them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No name.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it.
1: numbers. Just a number.
0: Because I can control you when I got... You know, there are a million um, John Smiths in the world, probably more than that. But... If you've got a number, I can give you your own unique identification number. And then if I move you off of a cashless society onto a total digital society, then I've got you. So, So, Pat, those are the big five indicators right now that we absolutely are in the end time because all of these are supposed to occur just prior to, scripturally, just prior Mm -hmm. to, the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Hallelujah. Armageddon. Yep.
1: It's all unfolding, Dave. It's all Absolutely. Unfolding.
0: Yes. Yeah. And we could go into Thank more. Thank you, Dave. All right. Yeah. All right. God bless you, Pat. We'll, we'll talk about I'm more blessed. next week. How's that sound?
1: Okay. Sounds real good. All
0: right. God bless Bye-bye. you. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Anthony in Pennsylvania. God bless Anthony. Welcome to the end time show.
3: Hey, Dave. How you doing? Uh, I mean, I enjoy the show. Um I'm a longtime listener, Urban a friend of Urban Baxter. Yes sir. Went on the Israel trip. But uh Dave, I'm still having um, trouble. Could is there possible that we can look for the locuses like now? Because I don't know would the unless God already done this and we he just hid it from us, that how the fifth trumpet is is the sixth trumpet is going to come yes. without the smoke and the, uh, the, the locusts.
0: Yes. I mean, I had
3: to, I, I looked at the locust that was in Africa. There was a swarm about, I don't, I think you may have heard it was like two years ago. Yes, I heard about it. With, you heard about that? Uh, yes. Was, could that possibly be uh, somewhat we missed uh, something in that? Um, yeah. Because it's just like it's, it's it's a real puzzle. I mean, yeah. it, it's a puzzle. It's like if God would do all these things, and then that wouldn't. I mean, he's a unless the locust. It looks it looks like that's in the time of the antichrist as well. Time of the when uh, uh, because it's going to hurt those that are not have the seal of God on them.
0: Yes, le, le, it's, I got, not I, gonna, it's not
3: going to affect us.
0: Yes, Anthony. So, so I got affect. a couple. I got a couple minutes here. Let me give you the answer. So okay. the, the um, fifth angel, I'll just tell you real quick in case I don't get through all of it, but the fifth angel was the Iraq war with Saddam Hussein, the fifth trumpet. Let me tell you why we believe that. Bible says a fifth angel sounded. A, the star fought, fell from heaven to the earth, and to him was given a great, great key to the bottomless pit. Now you understand that 2,000 years ago John was describing something that he had never seen. This was 2,000 years in the future. He's doing his best to describe with the, with the ideologies and the mindset of a 2,000 year old, uh, 2000 year old mindset. D- camels and uh, donkeys and getting around like that. He had never seen a firecracker, much less a nuclear weapon. So consider modern day nuclear, modern day uh, war implements. He says, uh, Revelation 9-2, and he opened the bottomless pit and there rose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. He's describing a future event that would happen when the fifth angel sounded. Um, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now I'm going to go through this real quick because I got like a minute and a half. In the Iraq War okay, with Saddam, in the Iraq War with Saddam Hussein, when Saddam Hussein was going, he was uh, from Iraq, but he was going to invade Kuwait. He, uh, when he was going to pull out of Kuwait, the international armies were coming against him. When he left, he he set 700 of the oils, the uh, richest oil wells on fire when he left the Bible says that the sun would be darkened by reason of the smoke. Now I could go into a lot of detail, I'm not going to have time, but the, when he set 700 oil wells on fire, fire oil fire, oil firefighters came from all over the world to fight that. At noonday in the desert in Kuwait, it looked like midnight. The smoke completely blotted out the sun for three months. That's clue number one. The Bible, John, remember he's 2,000 years ago describing a future event. He said there came out of the smoke locust. Upon the earth, and they were given um, power of, of scorpions um, over, the, over the earth, and it had the command of them that they should not hurt the grass, neither did any green thing, the seal of God in the foreheads. And the Bible, so what we believe, Anthony, and I, I'm not gonna have time, I'm sorry I took your call so late, but the, we believe that the locusts were modern day helicopters, and the Bible says they sounded like chariots running to, going to battle. Think about a bunch of helicopters coming at you. The Bible said that they had the king over them by the name of Abaddon and Apollyon. That is Saddam Hussein. We'll go into it more next week. God bless. Have a great weekend.